0: Welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. (laughs) gentlemen welcome to the junkyard love podcast today i'm here with josh gebhart hello josh how are you today buddy
1: hey i'm good thanks thanks for having me on
0: yeah yeah i'm super pumped that you agreed to come on i um i mean i i've been friends with you guys for a while but i just i downright admire you guys i mean you guys as in you and your sisters and your friend group um we all met up at uh we met at a music festival what it was like 2012 or 13
1: or something while back for sure it's been many years
0: yeah yeah so i mean i always i feel like we just we've had so many good times together um so yeah i really appreciate you agreeing to come on and kind of just bs with me today josh
1: awesome i'm excited to be here
0: yeah so um let's just start with like what have you been up to the last year or so you know obviously everybody's lives have changed pretty dramatically in many ways um since covid and whatnot so what what's your what's your like last year been looking like what have you been doing
1: Yeah, I would say last year, um, you know, despite as crazy as it was and all of the, you know, bad stuff going on. I think for me personally, it was a really good year. Um, I um, bought a house um, with my partner recently. So that's been really exciting being a first time home buyer. And so a lot of our focus was preparing for that obviously financially and we did that right before the end of the year so a lot of the year was preparing for that so i think um having everything on lockdown was a positive for me because i wasn't spending money on traveling or going out all the time so um mm-hmm. for me that was a good that was good thing. Helped me get to my goal faster of, of getting into a house um, and then now that we've been in here we're just really focusing on new furniture and decorating and all that stuff so um that occupies most of my time i would say Um, And then career-wise, I had um, a successful year. I mean, I'm a a director of sales at a software company. And um, despite all the things that were thrown at us, um, we sell travel solutions to to companies. And so obviously no one was traveling. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of having to really like adapt and pivot and really show kind of resiliency in terms of how we approached, how we were going to get to our numbers. And um, I was really happy I got, you know, five out of the, excuse me, four out of the six people that worked for me got promoted this year. So anytime as a leader, you're able to help people kind of get to that next step Um, in their career is really exciting. So I'm happy to help them get there. And um, I finished, you know, um, Achieving President's Club, despite how crazy the year was. So um, a lot to be proud of and a lot to be really appreciative and grateful of um, as well. So a lot of turmoil kind of like all around us, but I think, you know, was able to, um, you know, kind of, you know, find my way through it, I guess.
0: Right, right. I mean huge congrats on the house. That's so cool that you guys got a house. Like I, I've seen a couple of photos and stuff, but I can't wait to see it in person. Thank um you. <clears throat> excuse me. And then also can you explain Presidents Club? What what
1: is that? Oh yeah. So Presidents Club is essentially if you achieve over hundred and thirty percent of your quota, then you qualify, um then you qualify to go on a trip. So they you get like an award and then they take you on a trip somewhere. So Last year's was in Maui, which was canceled because of COVID um, and then rescheduled for October, but then was canceled again. Um, so now we are, the next one coming up will be, um, it's supposed to be in Mexico um, next year. So we'll see how that goes and if we're able to go, but um, it's more so just for like the pride of achieving it, basically just trying to finish in the top, you know, group of all the salespeople or sales leaders. And so um, it's kind of like what you fight for all year. So it's um, kind of a benchmark of if you had a successful year.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. I know you've worked, you've worked for this company for quite a while now. How many years is it?
1: Um, over eight years now, which is oh, so crazy. So yeah. I think when we first met, I think I was like really newly working there. Um, when we first met, so I think I was around the same time or maybe in the first two years of being here.
0: I feel like I remember you always killing it at this job though. Like I, <laughs> you've just been hitting the ground running since the beginning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had a really successful run here and I'm really like grateful for that. Um, And it's kind of interesting, I think kind of like ties into some of the stuff that we thought we might discuss today too, is I think, you know, for me, my job um, and my career has really served as like a really important part of um, just like my self-confidence and how I think about myself. I really found like, I think purpose also in it, and which is interesting Mm -hmm. to find purpose in a corporate job um, where it can be very not purposeful or not purpose driven. Um, and I think that go like the purpose that I found in it is number one. I found something that I think I was naturally good at and had a natural kind of you know tendency just to excel at. Which obviously, when you find something that you do well, I think it helps you feel better about yourself, right? When you when you experience success. Um, but then being there for so many years and transitioning into a leadership role and leading others, I love now getting to guide or support or aid other people and them finding their native genius or what their strengths are um, and their job in helping them sig- uh, exceed or excel and build up their confidence and then help kind of send them off to the next point in their career um, and specifically the part of the market that we sell into um, because we, we sell the small businesses we're typically working with people who it's like their first or second job out of college they probably don't have a lot of kind of professional experience maybe they've done an internship or they have some entry-level Kind of experience but they've never really done a true formal quota carrying sales job and so i love that part of my job because every two three years i'm kind of turning over the team it's new people so it's constantly changing but i think that is such an important part of someone's life they're a young adult entering the corporate workforce or getting their first you know kind of really a real adult job and so um that's where i find like the purposeful part of what i do and that like fulfills me where, like, I could just, you know, obviously hitting a number and making money is great, but, like, that's the part of my job where I really, like, get my joy from, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, dude, I, I really like that. I really, I, so I want to talk about purpose for sure, but I think um, something that I notice about you just by being your friend, I haven't worked with you in this environment, but I think that because um, I had wanted to talk to you about your own self-confidence, like your own belief in yourself, and um, it's it's ecstatic. It's like a, you have a good ability to actually, like, allow other people to bring out the confidence in themselves just by you being your authentic self.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and I can imagine, I, I love how you tie that into like, it's purposeful. You, you know, you're actually, you're stepping into the role of the leader and you get to train these people. You get to teach them what what you've um, been through. So I love that. But uh, as far as purpose, I, I think that's an interesting one because I, me as a, like I identify as a creator a lot or or just like an artistic person um huh. and i I find trouble i I have trouble finding purpose in things that aren't like my own art. It's like this weird selfish um gets in my own way sort of thing, but it's hard for me to apply um purpose to like working for another company or working doing something for someone else. This totally sounds selfish, but um I think that's could we can we expand more on that like what do you mean by purpose? What what does it really feel like to you?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, you bring up a great point. And I think it is hard to you know, like working in my industry, too, it's like I could say, well, I feel that I have, you know, the skills and the talents. I could go, you know, start my own company. I could be an entrepreneur. I could start a business tomorrow or create a startup or have an idea, you know. Um, but I think, number one, what you do takes a lot more courage than something like what I do, right? Because I kind of throw the line of, I could go do those things. I could take those risks. But do I have the courage to really do it? So. Um, you know, I, I think that's what it makes everyone really interesting in dynamics. So, like I respect that quality in you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by purpose is I think that, um, at the point in someone's career that, that I get the opportunity to work with them as so I do think that is so pivotal, right? Like think about like what happens in that first couple years outside of college is really going to be something that really is a life defining moment. Like it's going to probably not be defining in terms of, um, you know, the most important part of your life, but what I do is I think it's like one of those really big forks in the road where it's going to, like whatever happens in that couple of years span, it's going to probably put you on a trajectory or a path of where you're probably going to go for the next several years, right? So like, let's say for example, if you get in and you don't do well, you're probably going to change industries or change career paths, right? So it's really interesting where if you can help people do that. So um, again, being in this little window, I get, I feel like I really got to help kind of like guide people and get them on the right path. And, you know, sometimes that's helping them exceed at what we do and helping them move on and move up in the company. And sometimes it's move, showing them that this is not meant for them and helping hold up the mirror to them and saying like, are you really happy here? Is, you know, I, cause I can't imagine working in a sales environment where you're not successful and, or you don't maybe align with the corporate values. You're maybe not a person who is really feels like you want to push the customer to buy more, you know, buy something additional. Like that's not, maybe that doesn't align with your core values, but maybe you ended up in this job because you thought it was, you know, a good thing. And so, I've had to help people have, you know, find those things too um, and and kind of help find them on their path. And sometimes that's helping them look outside of the company. So um, that's what I mean by that makes me feel purposeful. That makes me feel good about myself. Like when I can wake up, make a difference in someone's like life, you know, and with work, we don't really think of it that like emotionally or like that. Um, that much in depth usually it's kind of surface level it's my boss it's whatever but um, I think if you were to ask you know any of the people who've been a part of the teams that I've been lucky enough to be a part of is like that they truly do feel like families though they really they're like my brothers I've had mostly um, men that have worked for me and we typically create like a really strong brotherhood where we stay in touch after we work together for a long time so um, it's a I don't know it's just a really um, a really special part of my life and a really special component that I know adds so much value to it, um, in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. I love that. I imagine the environment to be, to be just wonderful. I mean, I've heard like here and there stories and, in you know, seen photos and whatnot, but that would be really cool to work for someone who, um, like really sees you kind of as, as a person and like, Hey, is this what you want to do? You know, not just, you're not just looking out for yourself here. You're not just looking out for numbers here. You're trying to figure out um, is this something you could see or see yourself doing for an extended period of time? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Um your your experience before working here, um, you didn't you didn't go to school, did you?
1: I didn't, which um, you know, kind of thinking about that has always served as probably like one of the biggest pieces of insecurity that I do have. Um mo- like a lot of my social circle or a lot of people that I work with now professionally. I'm probably one of the only, maybe like I've met one other person really that doesn't have a college degree um, that does kind of like what I do or works really in our industry. It's just kind of more common that everyone does. And so, especially in my first couple of years working at the company, I was like really insecure about it. And, um, you know, because that's always like, especially in in like a corporate setting, that's always everyone's first like small talk entry level thing. Like in an interview, everyone's like, oh you're a husky oh you're a kook it's like i've been in like dozens and dozens of interviews where it's like that's what they talk about I me mean, i'm like and those are just funny things too like those are just like um you know like invisible by like um unconscious bias that we have right too like where they don't realize that or they don't know you don't know like what kind of like um zone that that puts like an interviewee in right when you're talking about that and they might not have that same thing to connect on but mm. uh, so i was always really insecure about that but now um I feel like my career has kind of like replaced that. And so to myself, I feel like I've earned my stripes and I'm, I'm really proud to be where I am. And um happy, you know, almost sometimes can be more proud that I did it without the degree because that makes it harder in a lot of ways. But um, not going to school was definitely something that I always kind of like wish that I did and was kind of hard to myself about. Um, but I think everything worked out okay. So I'm I'm not against it. And it's always something that is there if I really wanted to go back and, and approach it again. Right. Um, but when I think about like my individuality and kind of like the way that I view myself and a lot of my life experience that I've gotten, um, I got when I didn't go to college. So I think when a lot of people discover themselves or start to learn, like peel back the layers of who they are and who they want to be um, and just like a lot of those life experiences, right? Like in relationships, in friendships, in being on your own, um, I didn't really get that in the traditional sense of going away to college or going away for four years. Um, and so, but one thing that I that I kind of reflect or can kind of um, compare my experience to is, I was doing a job for I was working for Bank of America at the time, and I got um, I was chosen to go and be a part of um, their transformation team, which is where basically they were converting the computer systems in the state of California. And so, um, long story short, I, I was living in California for for a temporary work assignment, and. I went there and I was in an apartment that the company put me in. I didn't know a single person. I was 21 and I, but I was there by myself and I was, you know, discovering like my, you know, really being open with my sexuality for the first time. But it was the first time that I felt comfortable doing so because I wasn't home, right? Like I wasn't in my hometown. I wasn't, Mm. I wasn't around my sisters. I wasn't around my friends. So on one side, I was so excited to just go and be completely kind of like liberated in the sense of I can go walk around or go to a bar and go experience things or try things out or see what I like, or, you know, I'm I'm interested in this one thing or what, like, am I going to like that environment or whatever it is. Right. So I had the ability to go really be really curious, but I also had the chance to be myself without any, like any baggage of who you think you are, the way that you grow up or who you're around or pressures that you think, you know, the people, you might hurt the people around you to be your authentic self or whatever that might be. So that was really freeing and really liberating for me. And then at the same time, it also, I, you know, moved away from a small town in Monroe, um, Washington, and then was able to go be there. And I didn't know anybody at all, right? So it was my first time I would go to like a bar and I would go and I have to like, I would prep, I'd give myself a pep talk on the Mm -hmm. way, like in the car. And I'd be like, okay, you're gonna go to the bar. You're going by yourself. You don't have a single friend. You don't know a single person in, in LA. You have to go and be like, have the ability to go like, start a conversation with someone like face to face. And so like, I would do that. Like I would go to dinner by myself. I would go to a bar and I would just go and like approach people. And so um, I think it was really uncomfortable. It's not definitely not fun um, at first, but you know, I think like forcing myself to do that really taught me a lot about just kind of like confidence and not being like afraid of people Um, and just being willing to like take the risk and say like, whatever, like, you know, obviously I'm sure there's not every person that like I tried to strike a connection with obviously doesn't happen, but you know, you find, you know, you find people or you also can really connect with someone that shows you some sort of like openness or friendship or warmth back in response. Then you're like, it just kind of like instantly can like spark joy for you or show you like that people are good. And then, you know, those are how great friendships begin. Those are how great adventures begin. And so there's so many people that I met and connected with that were really impactful um during that time in my life too and that people that i'm still friends with today too so um i think that was kind of for me like my quote-unquote college experience of like getting to go be there and do that and i think that really transformed me a lot too
0: right yeah you you kind of put yourself through the like the social side of college of i mean i imagine you going through these pep talks like you in your car like all right let's go or you're looking in the mirror like at a hotel just you got to meet people you got to talk to them make eye contact you know like that's powerful though man that's that's I mean, that's really how you make it, real connections and challenging yourself to step outside of your, your comfort zone. And um, I mean, I think when I, I remember because I grew up in a fairly small town, um, Kelso, Washington, and it was kind of the same thing for me. I didn't move away, but I started traveling um, even for like Wadeca and huh. then uh, for like audio and stuff or, or live events uh, s- soon after and I remember there was just this thing that I I didn't realize that had been there before, but uh, like your assumptions would have, of what everybody is thinking about you by staying in your same town. It's kind of like you're walking around in high school and you're kind of stuck to your avatar of whatever your you like whatever click you're in and wherever you stand with it. You actually have that in your town. And I remember when I went to places like Bellevue, even not even that far, it's three hours away, and I just felt more open. Like I feel like my my chest opened up. I felt like I was um, more confident in myself. My, when I would meet people, you know, I'm, I felt fine shaking their hand more firmly, looking at them in the eye, these sorts of things. And I imagine the, the doors that this opens compared to, you know, kind of being in our shell, you know, maybe staying on our phones, not challenging ourselves to do these, like potentially like you might introduce yourself and make a fool out of yourself. Yeah. And then you got three people who are just like making fun of you or something. I mean, unlikely, but that's, that's pretty powerful, man. I I think that that's not a skill that everybody, um, not, not that it's a skill that you were born with, so to say, like you definitely have sharpened that because you weren't always here, but I think a lot of people would benefit even from just hearing you talk about that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Absolutely. And then I think, you know, coming back from that, like from that, you know, temporary, um, you know, time of being there, then when I came back, I think I was a, not like a changed person at my core of who I was or what my values are the type of person that I was. But I think I came back, like I said, like with a lot, of, with a lot of like weight off of me, I had a lot more confidence, a lot more like swagger in my step and just a lot more self-assurance of who I was. And I was more proud of who I was. Um, because I found in making connections with, with strangers or pe- people in a new town and new people that like people liked me and they liked me there when I took off the baggage of who I thought I was supposed to be, or Mm. my own light or carrying the burdens of, you know, um, you know, of, of anything of your past, right. Or just, you know, anything like that. So and I realized that people were more drawn to me and I, um, I was naturally becoming more magnetic to the right type of people that I wanted to be around. And so then when I returned to Seattle and came home, um, I definitely, you know, got back into like a lot of my old friendships, but at the same time, I was still kind of really craving that ability to kind of like keep stepping out, keep experiencing new things, um, you know, keep uh, meeting new people. Um, And then what was funny in turn too, is I think that once I had, like, once I came back and had that like renewed sense of self, it's funny, like, I think also people from my past who maybe I didn't have the best relationship or dynamic with. It's almost like I felt like they were then or maybe people let me be more clear people that maybe I felt like I didn't know where I stood with them or I wasn't sure of how our friendship was um, or how they perceived me or maybe I felt a little bit insecure about my, my friendships or relationships or dynamics with certain people, people that I felt like maybe I was a little bit more not chasing, but felt maybe like lesser than in my own mind or was I cool enough or was I good enough or do I fit mm-hmm. in with them. Right. When I came back and I had that renewed sense of self. Those people started to naturally come back to me, not through my own efforts, but just because I think that, again, once you start living as you're supposed to live and being who you're supposed to be, I think you're not like the authentic or the authenticity that you display and exhibit and demonstrate is going to be what naturally brings people back to you. Um, And so I thought that was like really interesting too, because that was an outcome or result that I had never land on or never saw really happening but it was really and I think that also compounded my confidence in saying look the more that I am myself the more that I'm authentic the more that I accept myself the more that people around me are going to be attracted to me because it is real it is genuine it is honest Um, and so I thought that was like a really interesting kind of thing to experience and see as well.
0: Yeah. That's super powerful. I like how you tied in authenticity with your confidence. I feel like that's totally what it is. I mean, it's, it's just like I was saying when you're confident, like me, just as your friend, you encourage me to be more authentic when I'm, when I'm around you, like just because you are naturally that way, like your confidence just as a, as an aroma, you know, it just, it just comes off and people around you are, are also confident. I think that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, when it comes to authenticity, let's switch over to to social media. So I, I'm always like, because again, like trying to present myself as an artist or like a, um, I'm a DJ and I have like this like character that I kind of have to play on stage in some senses, you know, it's almost like an act or, um, like, like on the podcast, I want to like my thing, I want to be authentic. Like, not that I want to like tell all my deepest, darkest, like fears and just like make sure that's on there every episode or anything, but I, I want to show up as myself. But then there's also this part of me that, um like changes like let's make sure you're a good host let's make sure you're um um doing these different things like it's i i think that social media and um even our our work like the things that we do they kind of become extensions of who we are or like almost like a a trained delicate part of our ego like our um our our identity our identity that we interact with with everybody else in the outside world so what, what do you think about when it comes to situations where you're kind of like putting on different versions of yourself, um, wow. but, but keeping your authenticity, like, so how, how do you like, so say, so say you identify Josh as a, like, I'm a nice guy. That's like, it's just, I feel in my, in, like I not only identify it, but I know that I'm a nice guy, but then you have a, a meeting at work where you got to be the guy to fire someone. You got to be the, the bad guy. Um, How do you, I guess, how do you balance like the different aspects of our personalities that have to interact with the outside world, whether that's on social media or at work or whatever, with being truly authentic? Does anything pop up to you in that?
1: Yeah, um, a little bit. So I think, you know, social media in itself, I don't know if this is directly answering your question, but social media- I didn't give
0: you a direct question. That's okay. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll pick where I want to dive in here. Um, I think with social media, I think it's so interesting and it's ever-changing, right, too. I think, like, when we met, like, when when you and I first met, um, I definitely cared so much more about social media, and I don't know if that is – if that's – I definitely care less. Um, But I can tell myself that I care less because I put less effort into, like, taking pictures and doing the right thing and trying to, like, go somewhere. But I do still have an element of me that does want to – Uh, Oh, actually, this is interesting. Um, So there, this is just brought me, brought me this thought, this might be more interesting. So um, with social media, there was definitely a time, and I probably still have elements of this, if I'm being completely honest, Um, but there were elements of I would try to do things or achieve a certain amount of success financially or materialistically um, to prove that I had somehow accomplished something or that I was good enough or Um, And a lot of that, I read this book um, called The Velvet Rage, which I really recommend. Um, It's about growing up gay, basically, in like, you know, like a hetero world. Um, And it's written by a psychologist. And there's a couple different kind of like personality types or archetypes that you could kind of probably try to identify with um, as a gay person. And when I was reading the book, one of them is someone who basically tries to overcompensate with non-emotional things to prove that they're good enough or that they're better. So like, for me, like I would always prove with a trip that I was on or somewhere that I was posting or what designer I was wearing, I was basically saying like, yes, I'm gay, but look how successful I am or look what I've accomplished. Like, like, well, like, you know, you can't, it's different than if you want to like insult me and I, if I was, uh, you know, if I wasn't successful or whatever, then I'm going to take it more, but I'm basically using all that stuff as like a shield and armor. As or like a defense to say like yes i'm gay but look at all these great things am so like you can't really like come you can't really like judge my life or because i'm like you know i'm so and so better than you or i i'm a or whatever i'm trying to elevate myself but it's with things that are not like that aren't meaningful you know what i mean
0: yeah oh that's pretty yeah. powerful yeah so w- what was that, the name of that book
1: uh yeah the velvet rage um i don't know the name mm-hmm. of the author i'd have to look but the the author is a psychologist and so um, and then, you know, there's different people who who would escape through, you know, promiscuity and sex to try to feel like, to feel a void or to do all that. Right. So I think there's different ways. Um, but I think, you know, once I learned that and, you know, I talked to like, you know, people close to me or my sisters, I think, you know, like they would definitely say like, yeah, you definitely have that element of like, you have something to prove kind of in that sense too. Um, and so they, that definitely is an element of my personality or, the reason I do things or how I make decisions sometimes is definitely based on that. I do have like a part of my ego that definitely drives me to do those sort of things.
0: Right. Do you know, do you, can you recall like the transition or when you were able to, cause now you're looking back at it in retrospect, like, Oh, okay. Maybe I was, um, you know, re or posting these certain things to try to fulfill something that I, that I didn't realize I was telling myself I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the book itself probably changed a lot of that. But do you remember a time when like, when did the actual change happen? And I, I point that I ask that because I'm pretty convinced that a lot of people, because um, we, we all have our own thing like that to some extent. I, f- I feel like for sure, and a lot of people I think over the last year because we've kind of been forced inside and we've been forced to to check out our our interiors as individuals. Um, I think a lot of people are probably coming to terms with, oh, I was doing this to get this, or you know, me, I, me, just me as an example, I. I'm definitely someone who I have, I'm always trying to balance how much self-validation I'm seeking, like how much validation I'm trying to get by like, oh, don't you, don't you see me as an artist or don't you see me as like a a nice podcast guy or whatever it is. Um, So that exact, like that moment of change. And then were you also, were you nice to yourself about it or were you like, uh, you weren't like embarrassed or anything like, oh, I'm, I'm so ashamed that I used to do these things or
1: No, I'm like a, I'm like a no shame. That's a fault. I'm like a no shame person. I was like, I'm like, there was reasoning behind that. There was some, there was the why behind that. Um, no, so definitely I've, I've never really been a person that's been too tough on myself. And I don't, I think that part of me is natural. Um, I'm definitely not a person that's hard on myself. I'm definitely like a person that's like, you earned it. You deserve it. Self-care. Come on, splurge, like whatever it is. So, I'm indulgent, um, and like if I want something, I'll get it. I don't like being told no. So I'm not really hard on myself in that sense. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I've had a couple situations where you kind of, when you talk about like those pivotal moments or uh, in reflection, is I think that you end up in either situations or relationships, like friendships or social settings, and you realize that there's no, uh, that there's no stakes in them there's no there's no meaning there's no depth right and then you like you know you might be like you know there you might just be at a party and be like who like why am I here? like why am I really here you're like oh because I met someone that like or you know met someone off of Instagram or that I saw someone at a, at a party and like whatever we connected in but then you're there and like you're like we're not talking about anything of meaning. These aren't people that I like, these aren't people that if I had them over that I wouldn't want to kick them out at like the end of the night that, you know, it's not people that I would want to be around sober and be watching a movie with on a Sunday. I can tell you that much. It's not, you know, right. so I think there, so I, I think you end up in situations like that. And you're like, like, what am I chasing? Cause they're cool. Cause they like the way that they dress or because like, they like they like the same music, like there are there can be meaning in those things too. But I think like um, ending up in those situations. I'm like, i the pe- and then the people that I truly am closest with that I truly have, you know, vulnerable moments with, um, heartfelt conversations. I'm like, it's not impressing them. And they're almost seeing the people that are close to me. They almost see the facade of who you're trying to be, which I'm probably almost mm. diminishing in turn. Those relationships, not that they're going to like walk away from me, but they're probably rolling their eyes and saying like, that's not the Josh that I know. Like who's like projecting something or trying to be something or trying to be cool. Um, that's not who, like, when I'm with Josh, he's a dork. He doesn't shut up. He's a person who will send text to, or will send 10 text messages in a row. He's a person who's, like, a little annoying. He's a little, like, a little over the top. So it's, like, but then if, so it's, like, they're probably, like, questioning, like, am I being authentic, too? And then those people, I'm just kind of, like, you know, putting on a little bit of a, a charade just to, like, fit in or because I think they're cool. And, like, what makes anyone cool anyways? I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. But <laughs> right. um, but I think, the like, you know, moments like that make you start to be, like, your the things that you post for social media are never typically for you you're not when you do it in your subconscious i don't think we're thinking about what is like you know i don't think about like what is brady cooey gonna say What is you know what is um what are my best friends in my group chat gonna say what my sister gonna say i'm thinking like oh, i wonder like if these like one of like these random people like what's their their impression gonna be of me right so we're kind of like i don't know i don't think i think that's an interesting way of how we look at what we post and what we present or what we put out there
0: yeah yeah because we do kind of like try to paint this This corner of ourselves, you know, I mean, it's at at this point we've had social media long enough now. It's not like we're we're blind to it anymore. Like everybody knows. Oh, okay, this is our highlight reel. Like this isn't I feel like there was a first few few years of social media where it was just kind of blind to a lot of us. We didn't really realize what we were doing. Me for sure. Um, I remember I had I had a photo. I wanted to like I want I want to find the photo and like put them side by side. But I had a photo where I went out um, with a, a. Photoshoot shoot with my friend and I actually photoshopped like my bicep b- to be a little bit bigger in the photo <laughs> Yeah. and and like it was weird because I as I was doing it like it never occurred like it was like oh yeah I'm, I'm making the photo look cooler like so I put them side by side and the one where my bicep looks bigger I'm like yeah it's like a more appealing photo to someone who's scrolling through and then you know like a year later I was thinking about it or I looked at it or I saw it and I'm like what a strange thing to do. Like, why would I need to do? And I, and I just wonder what it does to me, you know, as someone, I, I struggle with insecurity a lot. And I just wonder like what that solidifies in me. And and I wonder now I'm like, Oh, is that healthy? So I try to, um, I, I get the visual aspects of social media because it's super cool. And I, and just cause I have like kind of a sloppy page now, cause I'm trying to be authentic or there I am trying to, trying to, to communicate a certain way on my social media. I think the, the coolness of presenting yourself, um, in, in this, in this certain way on social media is like, that's an awesome thing humans are doing. I think social media is as much as I like harp on it and try to dissect it. It's really cool that we're able to present ourselves in these ways.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. You know, I had a question for you actually too. Um, do you feel like as a creative person and a person who, um, has really kind of, you know, you have taken so many different like avenues and ways to like express your creativity. Like, you know, um, you know, obviously with your music and now with, um, now with being a podcast host and so many other different, you know, vehicles, you know, do you have like a life affirming moment or has there been anyone in your life that was like really instrumental? Do you think that helped kind of guide you or put you on your path to like creativity and expressing yourself and doing a lot of things that you do?
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I draw inspiration from like, I mean, I, as a general statement, like I've met so many cool people that I couldn't even like narrow it down. I, I think that the way that I act, let's put it this way. I had, I had like a rough go at it growing up and, but what it made me do is it made me basically kind of like a an introverted, quiet observer of other people. And so it made me kind of like as everybody else is interacting, doing their thing. I I like to, I've used this example with my counselor as everybody family is watching TV. Everybody's enjoying the movie. They're into the movie. I feel like a lot of times I'm watching the family watch TV. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like observing what everybody's doing all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, uh, I think that what I kind of do is I take just little bits and pieces from, from everybody. Like if I, if I watch a cool video, if I watch, you know, um, Kanye West doing something or Michael Jackson doing something, or, um, even somebody in my, in my life, like my friends dad do something or, or say something that's inspiring. It like, I'll change who I am quickly. Like it'll just hit me and I'm like, Oh, I want to be more like that. So I, um, I don't know that there was, there was never anybody when I was younger anyway, that was like, Oh, he's a creator and I want to be that, or he's, he's a DJ and I want to be that. Um, but I think just my, my way of observing the world inevitably started to fall as I got older, it started to fall into like, well, you're really kind of creating your own, you know, a DJ takes a little bit of this song, a little bit of this song and a little bit of that and a little bit of this sample and makes their own sort of thing. Um, but I, I did have a moment as far as DJing goes, I guess I could say, um, cascade at identity fest in like 2011, right before it became Paradiso at the gorge. Um, I did have a profound moment where it didn't really occur to me to ever be a DJ. And I was sitting by myself um, on the hill. It, it was all my friends were out dancing. Like it was all good vibes. I wasn't like sad boy sitting by myself or anything. Um, but cascade was playing and it just like hit me. I was like, Oh, I want to do this. I, I want to make people feel like this because I'm looking around and people are, I mean, sure. Like a bunch of them are are rolling their balls off, but and, and, you know, just feeling good from those sorts of things. But people were happy. Like people were joyous. And I remember I had this profound moment of, Oh, I want to do this. I want to, I want to do what that guy on stage is doing because I can make people feel really good. And that Mm -hmm. seems awesome. So that's kind of one, I guess.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's really, it's really interesting to hear you say that like what drove you to that is because of the way that it would make people feel not because of what it was for you. It was like, that was like, that's really cool to hear that too. Like that was, and that does make sense to what you said with your analogy of watching the family, watch the movie. It's like you're sitting there and you're watching the people experience the music and experience the joy and be in the moment. And you were saying, "I want to facilitate that or I want to create that for the people to go and experience too." So that's pretty cool. I like. I love hearing that.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you. That's a pretty good question. I feel like I've never. I don't know. I did. did you have anybody growing up who was like, "This is my idol. Like, I, I want to be like this person." Did you Did you have anybody when you were young?
1: Um, you? I mean, like, I liked a lot of like musicians and stuff like that. But I would say, like in terms of people, like more importantly than that, I would say like people that really shaped me. Um, you know, definitely like from a young age, like I always had like a really special connection with my mom and with my entire family unit. Like my my entire family is so close. But I feel like my mom, when I spoke before, when I was like I'm I'm not hard on myself at all, and like can sometimes be like too far the other way. Is like growing up, my mom, like and I don't know how she did it, but she did it in every just naturally and in every way like I was always so confident as a kid like even as a kid even as a gay kid even like I would like calmly be like oh mom this could call me a fact today but like I didn't like I wasn't like broken by it I wasn't crying by it like yeah for sure was there like a couple like you know like hard like a hard day here and there but like overall I wasn't like I in my really experience like hardcore bullying or anything like that um I had like a really like you know people would make comments right here people call me a name but like I always possess this way of like someone could call me a name or I would know someone would like think being gay was a bad thing behind my back when I was a kid or growing up or whatever it was. But like, for some reason, I don't know. if I just always had like blinders on not to that it existed, but like, it just, I never let it penetrate me and not, it wouldn't, it never penetrated how I viewed myself. And I don't, and I think, you know, a lot of that is attributed just to like my sisters and my dad and my mom, because they, I always felt so, like inside my home and in my family i feel like i had like the most like ideal childhood in the sense of we always had so much fun we were always laughing and i was always able to be 100 percent myself and we like my like my family my sisters my mom my dad they always made me feel like you could literally do anything that you want to do but at the same time what i think was unique about the way that my family did that and created that environment for me it was one without pressure or without without, um, like, you know, when you hear people be like, oh, my parents pushed me to play sports, or they pushed me to do this mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, I played sports. I was the number one seated tennis player for my high school, in my junior year of high school, and I quit my senior year. And, like, every other parent would have been like, you have to, you, you can't, quit. what do you mean you're going yeah. you to quit? Quit your senior year? No way. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like, my parents never put, they, they said, you can be whatever you want to be, but with, never with limitations or with, like, their own, like their own want fulfillment or their own like pressure to go make me do something. Like I could quit my job tomorrow and tell my mom, I'm going to go be a surf bum. I don't surf by the way I wish, but like I could tell my mom, I'm going to go quit my job and go be a surf bum. And she would support me hundred percent without question, without fail. And she's done that for all of her children. And my dad would be the same way. Um, so I think that was really unique. Um, that was really unique about just the way that I was brought up. Um, I always had felt like I could literally do anything because I always had the support and love, of those other four people constantly, every single day, like no matter whether I was, no matter what I did that was good or was bad. And I think that that is what makes me so great. Like when I think about what makes what I'm most grateful of and most appreciative of, it's definitely my family because I think, you know, I just have heard stories or I have volunteered at, you know, the Orient Youth Center in Seattle with LGBTQIU that are homeless because they've been kicked out because of who they are. Um, or people who, you know, aren't kicked out, not to those extremes, but they live with a family who they don't feel like they can be themselves. And that doesn't always come back to just, you know, sexuality. That can be come back to what they want to do with their lives, the grades that they get, the friends they hang out with, right? Like there can be so many different things. But um, I think having that core unit and that security and safety around me, like I've always just been like walking through life, like the sky's the limit. And like, I can go anywhere I want to go. I can do whatever I want to do. Because no matter what, I have that, I have that waiting for me and that's always there for me. And that's never wavered and it's, they've never wavered on me once. So I think that allow, I think that's what allows me to be confident. Right. Um, sorry, that was really long winded, but, um, and then I would say like, additionally, like one person that I think when I, when I asked you about life affirming moments or any one pivotal in your life, um, I think there are certain people that come to you that are just meant to be a part of your journey. Um, and that kind of see something in you before you see it in yourself. And so I was, uh, like, when I was in high school, I was in leadership. And my leadership teacher mm-hmm. was this great guy, um, Nick Wold. And he was also, like, the basketball coach. And now he's an athletic director. He's, like, an incredible educator and a an incredible person to be, um, you know, mentoring, you know, youth. He, I remember he was, I wor- I was in his leadership class, and he was, like, Josh, I think you'd be really good at this. Like there's an internship to go work at the bank. And I like blew it off But he like, he was like, I can see you being really good in business. I can see you being really like savvy in these ways, or I can see you having these certain skills or traits that would make you successful um, in doing this. And it, and it was, and then it was like funny because then after high school, I got a job at the bank and I worked in banking for five years and I got that job in California, right? So those are what I think are so special. Those are people that like, you know, I, you know, I knew him for one to two years. And, but he served such a purpose in putting me on a path and saw something in me before I saw it in myself. And I was like, then you think, okay, well, if this teacher believes in me, then I would be good at this. And like, I respect him and I trust his opinion. Like, then like, I guess I could be good at that. Right. So then, like, that's another confidence building thing. Right. So I think, um, and then to kind of bring it full circle, that's the role that I feel like I play for the people that Mm. I have the opportunity to lead now. So it's Mm. like, so it's kind of like the same thing. So I think. You know, there's been so many people in my life that I've been so, you know, fortunate and lucky to have that have kind of like guided me or saw something in me and challenged me to like, like, okay, don't just be like a little brat, like what, like you have something cool in there, like, like do something with it, like you could be successful in these ways, right? So um, I think, you know, I really, I, there's people like that, that I think have been so instrumental. And so that's kind of what I mean about the purpose that hopefully that I serve for others is now in my role too. So I think it's kind of um, interesting to see that, that, that translate, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful, actually, to think that like it really did come full circle like that. You ended up being that person that you didn't even realize was kind of looking out for you at that young age. Um, it actually came to mind as I, I have had a couple instances where, um, you know, teachers or or people like older people in my life would um, tell me that I'm like, like give me a little bit of confidence. I remember I had uh, the assistant principal at my high school when I was in like 10th or 11th grade or something. I remember going late to a a prom or a winter ball or a homecoming or something like that and uh, walked in and and he literally just like, he just took a couple minutes. He pulled me aside right, right when we walked in for my friends and basically just kind of gave me like a two, three minute, hey, if you didn't realize you're a leader, like people look up to you like, and it was just so unexpected. I mean, it stuck with me for sure. Like, I I didn't, I guess I didn't think about it at first, but as you were saying that, that definitely popped into mind. Um, just like that couple minutes that he took to pull me to the side and say like, Hey, in case you're not seeing it, you're a leader. Like people look up to you. And I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I know there's, there's a lot of people at at a young age i i like to i'm still like coming to terms with a lot of like a lot of my memory from my childhood is either i don't remember it or it's just super tainted like i'm just like super sour about a lot of stuff and i'm still in the process of healing a lot of that like just uh my opinions of people in my life um over the last couple of years have changed and i've just become more more grateful rather than like bitter and just not realizing i was bitter um but there has been a, a couple of people who like were looking out for me and they would give me little, little pinges of hope. Um, I didn't exactly have the, the family unit y- unit to encourage me. Um, but now, I mean, I, am I'm, I'm again, grateful to say, you know, if I text either of my sisters right now and tell them what I'm working on, they're like, that's awesome. Like, like for my birthday, they get me, um, like journals to write in cause they believe in me oh. as a writer, you know, there's, it it really I I'm very grateful now for the relationships that I have um, with my family. But growing up, I, we didn't have too much of that. We were all kind of just like fighting for, you know, survival for us at at that point. Is you know as intense as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, isn't that so cool to think of? You know, just one person could say one little thing or or pull you to the side and say you're a like, hey, you're a leader, or like, why don't you apply mm-hmm. for this job? And you're like me like why would i apply for it and he's like yeah. cuz you would be good at it i see you you mm-hmm. know that that's what they're saying right just like in, in avatar the that that's the scene where they're just like i see you mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty powerful
1: yeah i i love that and i think that that is something that you know that is such a good reminder to all of us you know like when you do see something in someone and like you know i think right when we're not in school we have probably less opportunities for people to be kind of looking out for us in that sense and trying to probably highlight or bring those things to our attention so i think it's such a good reminder for us to say like you know like if you have a friend you see doing something really cool or you see a quality in them that they might not see themselves i think it's such a great opportunity to build them up or you know shine that light back on them and say hey like did you realize like you're really good at this or you know when you when you speak on this topic people really listen to you they, they care what you have to say um or you know it can be so many different things but i think it's a good reminder to find opportunities and make, a, you know, be intentional and make an effort to do that for the people that are around us because those things like we can see now, right. We have all of those examples of how valuable those can be. And maybe the impact of those won't be felt for five, 10 years, 20 years, but like those things will be remembered, right? Like, like, Oh, that person, that person had that conversation with me. They opened me up to see something that I didn't see. Um, and I think those are like the really kind of like big special moments of life too that that, that go so far.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. It is really cool how just someone not only seeing the spark in you, um, but, but extending, like trying to reach into you and, and pull it out a little bit. They're like, Hey, like this is a part of you that is, that is important. And, and I love that part of you. And I, you know, that, that part of you is, is shining outwardly. Um, I, I think that, you know, that is something that I tried to do through, through this podcast. I always tried to be encouraging. Like if people are starting a new project, if people are, um, you know, doing some sort of like, like they just started a, a small business. They're an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like to try to meet people um, on, on that level of, of like self-belief, like, cool, like you can do it. You know, it's, and I, I know a lot of people who you, you could almost see like the sparks come in their eyes when it's like, Oh really? you like, you, you think I could do this? Yeah, like you, you think me? Um, and that's, that's really encouraging. Um, do you have when Let's see, Uh, when we switch back to or whatever happens next, right, when we're not all, you know, hopefully wearing masks, maybe we can shake hands again. I don't know when any of that's coming along. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to probably have to almost reinstall their confidence, like kind of get back, get back used to being social. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything that you is, is it all is it all just a natural process for you or do you have anything that you consciously now um, bring to the, bring to the table, like when you're about to go into a meeting, when you're about to meet a new client, do you nowadays have any sort of pep talks in your car before you, before you go in?
1: You know, um, I haven't had any pep talks in the car recently because I've been working from home virtually. Um, but what's interesting for me too, is I am much, I feel like I'm able to much more engage or turn on or, um, be more dynamic like in person like then like if you were to like if a random friend was to like call me and like want to like talk on the phone for an hour like I would not want to talk to them on the phone. Um, or like with my team like I would I'd rather be in person with them I would sit next to them side by side and work on something with them but like when they want to like when they want like when we meet virtually am my oh, sometimes I'm like oh I roll like I don't want to do this like I don't know why. Um, so like I'm a person that much more comes alive thrives um, on the in person stuff so that I'm like really ready to get back into Um, But I do think it's going to be strange because we're going to, because I think people are still socializing today. Right. But it's probably with like that core unit of like their closest friends or family. So yeah, like once we go back out into the world, it's going to be interesting to see how we all, you know, have adapted and changed or how how do we have to relearn like, you know, a lot of like that social stuff that we're not used to. Right. (laughs) Anymore. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I want to like encourage people hitting to hit the ground running once we are open to like, you know. We're going to have to watch our, hey, your natural bias is going to be because you've been at home in your basement in your sweatpants, you know, for the last year. Like that's your new normal. You're comfortable with that. And so we're going to have to reach inside of ourselves and kind of pull out the, the confidence aspects and try to really show up. I mean, I know me, just because I'm, um, you know, I don't know, overly neurotic about things, I have to like overly analyze them. They don't always become, it's not always a natural, oh, just go talk to this person. Mm-hmm. So I know me, I'm going to be like, okay, what's my, what's my posture like, what's my, I'm going to be trying to police my eye contact, all these sorts of things. And, um, I even, when I, the job I'm working now, I was talking about it with my friend Tyler, um, Milliken on the podcast yesterday. Uh, we were talking about even my transition from kind of going through, you know, all of my, you know, I don't know, like life changes, spiritual stuff. I've been the last couple of years, I've really been, my journey has been trying to work through a lot of like childhood trauma stuff, trying to change, you know, limiting beliefs, just things that weren't working out for me, just trying to, to find what is working for me and what's helpful and how I can live the, live life to the best of my ability, um, I was just in my basement a lot and I went to this new job and the first month, at least I was awkward as all hell. I was like, I couldn't do small talk. I was like, I went from meditating every day, at least an hour a day, well, not every day, an hour a day, uh, every day, but, um, quite a bit of meditation, quite a bit of yoga, just being with myself, being a weirdo. Um, so just going back into the public of, Oh yeah, we can have like, not everything is so serious, Jake. Like we don't have to talk about the universe at all times. We're <laughs> just trying to do some paperwork, you know? Um, so that just that transition was, was interesting. So I think a lot of people are going to, um, you know, when we do go back to, to the regular schedule, I hope we're we're able to find confidence within each of ourselves
1: well that's interesting too because you what's cool about you have done obviously a lot of um work on yourself right during the time you said over the past year even just through your mindfulness and your meditation and um, all those things too so what's kind of cool for you too one way you can look at it is say like the version of yourself you're bringing back into the world is an improved version of yourself right it's like mm. you can, because you've made those investments and in, in wanting to evolve or grow um and so like that's kind of cool like you're going to show people like you know a uh, 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 someone who's evolved or someone who's you know gone through gone through some transformation in some way so you're kind of bringing a better version of yourself and you had you can look at last year as like you were able to take that time to invest in yourself and like like you know bring you're bringing the new one out to to show off for the first time
0: yeah i'm, I'm jake 2.0 son i know <laughs> yeah no that's uh that's super cool when do you think uh When do you think we'll be able to get back to festivals and concerts soon
1: um i read something yesterday that they said fall 2021 but i would probably say 2022 to be honest you know depending upon how everything goes with vaccines um which i know is such a hot topic for everybody like positive and negative right people have uh, different viewpoints i don't have a strong viewpoint one way or the other on on them um but I do think, I mean, I'm all for, I mean, I'm in support of it, let me say that, I'm very supportive of, of the vaccine and wanting, and I love that it's going to be available and I want people to have it available to them. I just don't have a strong, um, like, personal, like, um, stance on it, I guess. taking like, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I love that it's available and I want it to be out there for people that want it and give people that, that peace of mind and that safety and that security. And I know, you know, I know um friends you know friends parents and things like that who, who are Im- immunocompromised or you know dealing with stuff so I know like that just causes like a day-to-day stressor for them where they're like they think about it in the back of their mind all day every day like what if my you know parent catches it so for them to be able to have that I think is such a, a beautiful thing and it's really cool to see um how how quickly that was able to be turned around and so hopefully everyone can get on the same page and make this a positive thing um but yeah i hopefully soon like it's funny i don't miss seattle bars because they're just pretty basic to be honest um <laughs> but like i miss dancing man like actually mm. dancing like okay i'm going to show you this I, I i'm having some girlfriends over next week for galentine's gay party that we do sometimes Oh, i love it and i literally bought a disco ball can you see it oh what yeah, so I need to install that. But like, I'm telling you, like, I want to be like hardcore, like grimy, sweaty dancing yeah. in the room with some lights on, like, or something. You know what I mean? I just want to feel. I just want to feel the music. Like, but like, I don't even like go sit in, like a sports bar. But like, I want to like dance for real.
0: Yeah, dude, definitely. I definitely, I, I miss that too. That makes me so excited that you're actually gonna hang a, an entire disco ball in your home. That's a cool thing about being a homeowner. You don't even have to second guess it. You're like, I don't, I don't care. Put a giant screw in the ceiling and.
1: I'm gonna do like a temporary command strip and hopefully hopefully hope it stays, but
0: <laughs> that's gonna turn Luis. the party up when the disco ball eats shit on the ground.
1: Luis was like, that's huge! it's way bigger than I thought. It was. It's bigger than I thought it was. But so I'm am very amped for this, for this to be up. So that shows where my mind's at. I'm looking, I'm looking to disco right now.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's super good. That's exciting. I mean, you'll be back uh with a karaoke mic in your hand in no time. Oh, I think that I've witnessed awesome. you what ooh, it's a. Uh, It's Bruno Mars, 24 karat gold. That's definitely Uh, uh,
1: your... Uptown Funk.
0: Oh, is it Uptown Funk?
1: Yeah, it's Uptown Funk. They sound similar.
0: Oh, man, I feel embarrassed. I should know that. I'm a DJ, right?
1: Um, Most people try to block that out of their memory because it's so bad, so...
0: (laughs) No, dude, I love it. See, I'm someone who's like... Like we, when you're it's another one of those those energy things you're picking up on someone's energy like it's exciting to see someone enjoying themselves it's not always like when you go out to an open mic night or a karaoke bar it's not always like I'm going to go hear someone who's better than Alicia Keys like yeah. no you're going to go see someone having a blast and if you're even halfway human you're going to start having a blast too by just watching them you know
1: I yeah. know we need to get we need to get rock back open man and I'm like I'm like doesn't that count as like everyone has their own room shouldn't they be able to be open
0: Actually, they should be. Yeah, Rockbox were the private karaoke rooms. I feel like that um, actually should be something that, do you know if they went under at all, or are they still?
1: I saw they had, like, two outdoor little tables, so that people were drinking in there, which I don't know what the point of drinking there without the karaoke is, but, um, you and know, a place we, to drink, w- yeah. I was joking with my, like, with my like closest friends and family, and we're, like, literally, like, they're just grateful. Um, one of the, the silver linings of, of COVID was that they haven't had their fear missing karaoke for a year, so. <laughs> That's one of the positive outcomes for everyone.
0: Well, little little do they know we're all we're all in the karaoke gym right now. We're all practicing, so we're oh, gonna yeah. come. Yeah, we're gonna come back out just like ready to perform whole albums at this point.
1: Exactly. You have to send, You're gonna have to send me some. Um, send me anything good you have, like Studio Fifty Four style music for my for when I get my disco ball set up.
0: Mm, okay, I could probably do that. I probably got it. Got a couple of jams or two. I've been. Um, it's been interesting. My like my taste in music. You know, every I. Since I started a couple of years ago, started listening to so many podcasts and stuff. Anyway, I I get so obsessed in what I'm doing. Um, like normally, like as a DJ, I would be constantly listening to to music, but not just to enjoy it. I'm putting this song in a playlist. I'm listening to this song. I'm I, I would have a feed. Yeah, yeah. Like like every day, I would have a have a feed that I go through and basically organize new music into new playlists that I'm gonna play or like. Oh, I have a gig next week here so that's gonna change what I listen to during this week. Um, but once I started doing a lot of the podcast stuff and the mental health stuff, I was i've I've listened to less music and certainly less music in that way because I've kind of like switched my obsession over into you know exploring the mind and and exploring the human condition those sorts of things but uh I'm, I'm always in like some sort of sort of a balance of trying to like like listening to what's popular right now is very interesting to me, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of artists who are like, you know probably getting out old songs mm-hmm. that are, you know, right now, since we're not able to go to clubs and stuff and you know, we're not mm-hmm. able to have um, you know outdoor beach parties, when we hear someone rapping or singing about it, it doesn't hit as hard anymore. Like yeah. it's just so so it's it's kind of curious to like hit the bar mm-hmm. of what's popular and what should we be listening to and talking about right now
1: yeah it is it is really interesting i think music is starting to sound i think every genre is starting to blend too it's like country music sounds more like pop music than pop music because mm-hmm. pop music sounds more like hip-hop but you know it's just very interesting how like how genres are which i mean which doesn't matter just interesting i guess but um yeah i listen to i listen to podcasts way more than i listen to music which before i felt like i was always listening to new music new songs um but i've made a conscious effort. just like last week i've just like been looking on spotify and trying to find like more like house music playlists, and just get back into it. And um, last weekend, Luis and I were driving around just like running errands, but like all day long, we were just like vibing to house music in the car. And it was like, it was really fun. I think like that music though, it's funny cause I get in the same cycle just listening to podcasts. But then I'm like, I was having so much more fun listening to like some house music and like just like, sm- like it was making me smile just to like have that. So um, I'm gonna continue to make a conscious effort to like make sure that I'm balancing out, like getting some good music and like creating that vibe a lot more than just
0: podcasts about housewives all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally get you there. I you, you do have to balance it. You kind of underestimate the, um, like when I'm, w- I'll wake up and put on podcasts about that kind of serious stuff, or I'll be, you know, foolish and listen to some sort of news or what's going on. Like if, you know, the word Trump is in the title, I don't want to start my morning with that, but sometimes I'll get pulled into it. And mm-hmm. I think that I've had other mornings where I wake up and I recognize, ooh, today I need some dance, you know, I need to move around, I need to move my body and dude, there's powerful. It's 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 a good thing to wake up, start your day and be like, I'm going to listen to some music for a little while and dance around, like the rest of your day is going to be way better.
1: Well, would you are you going to put back on your um are you willing to bring back um uh put back on your DJ skills for me for us when uh, I need to throw I need to throw a revival of um, National Josh day and Have you DJ again?
0: hundred percent. Tell me when I'm in. <laughs>
1: that was fun. That, that, that one, when you DJed it, that was, that was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that was pretty fun. Um, I, I want to say that was quite a few years ago. I want to say that I went out the night before in Portland and then we drove up to Seattle. I think that I remember being really hungover actually.
1: We like out on, that was like out on the patio of that restaurant
0: or whatever. That was fun though. That was good. Yeah, no, that was super cool. It'll be nice to be able to do those sorts of things again too and just have people there and, and listen to music and vibe. I, I think that we're going to come back so much more grateful, like, you know, just the ability to just have a, you know, a, a beer and a casual conversation with some decent music playing in the background, like that right there, give me that. I'm so content, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: There, some people are projecting or predicting that it'll be like the roaring 20s again because it'll be like people are able to do it right so it'll be interesting to see like are people going to be so craving like those experiences and nightlife and debauchery um in that way so it'll be interesting to see like what what things are like you know
0: right yeah i i've, I've been i've been curious about that too because I mean, I'm, I'm hoping when things open back up or whatever that means, right, that I'm able to just like, all right, every weekend I'm working again. And like now people want DJs on Tuesday nights too. So I'll do that too, you know, so I've, I've, I've been, um, hopeful about it, but it's been another thing with identity. It's been what, what 10, I think it was, it was middle of March when, when we shut down, um, and I was at a show for, um, audio. I mean, I did a little DJing at that show. Oh, it was was Wadeka FLC actually up in Bellevue. Um, but that was this last year, and I've played one wed, maybe two weddings in that time, and then I've done some virtual stuff. But mostly, man, I feel like a I feel like i I don't know if I identify with being a DJ so much anymore. Like it seems like it's been that long. It's this weird thing where um and, and I also had a lot of like changes in my life right after COVID too. And so um I, I'm working on some stuff like uh uh, a mix that's that i got to send in on sunday and so the last couple of days i've been djing and i'm like rusty man I'm, I'm not super like there's literal dust on my turntables and it's it's weird to me so it's it's been an adjustment so i think everybody coming back i think it'll definitely be the roaring 20s but I, even even djs are gonna have to like you know up. yeah <laughs> brush off the dust dude so you, you'll be brushing off your uh, your shoes the dust on your dance shoes and the, the karaoke mics but i'm ready yeah what's a (laughs) hey what's the what's the best festival you've ever been to like what year to
1: Ooh, good question um i would say ultra in miami um was one of them and that was 2013 i think and then one of them I mean definitely like all the co- like um that couple year of Coachella's in a row that we did I think were like were like the most magical um and I think for different reasons too the the ultra one was fun because I went with one friend and that was like a one that was like an adventure one where like we met strangers and like we like mm-hmm. made friends and like rode in the car with them at the festival that we just met five minutes ago and then like I've, they, now they live at, like, I've visited them, or I've not visited them, but I've visited Texas and seen them, like, met them up at a bar for a drink, and so, like, there's something I've liked to some really cool stuff like that, um, or, like, one person I met that they were in London, and then, like, when my, me and my sisters went to London, like, we met up with him for his birthday party, so, like, that one was really fun, um, but then the other ones I feel like are, like, those bonds that we made with, like, the group of, like, our closest friends and my sisters mm-hmm. and all, of them, where we were, always oh, like, where we were together and, like, cuddle puddles and wearing onesies, and... Um, doing all those things. I think like those are definitely some of like the best memories I have, um, of festivals for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool how, I feel like it's the same with me. If I, if I were to try to answer that question, it's, it's not, I can't really say, oh, it's just this festival. Cause it was this artist and they played this song or they just, they, their set was so good. Like there's all that, but right along holding hands with it is, I mean, Coachella was so fun because Coachella is fun, but it was like the fact that we were in a house together, like all of our really good friends, like just, you're basically, it felt like we were living someone else's life or something for a few Mm -hmm. days. You just get to go move into this, this big old house with a pool and hang out with like amazing people, feel confident. Um, And yeah, it's, it's the whole trip. Like the, even, even the bad stuff that comes like when I missed my, uh, my flight, (laughs) I'd like sleep in the airport. Like that's like that's like a cool thing to me like it's just it was just part of the story now, you know like Did you the lose whole your drive.
1: luggage too, one time
0: um yeah yeah i I remember we are sitting by the pool and I'm like in sweatpants and just <laughs> yeah they, they ended up bringing it to the um to the airbnb yeah. but yeah they uh, they lost my luggage
1: I think you know what one thing that I think of festivals um I do think as you know like frivolous or silly like people might perceive them. Um, I think that, you know, like when I think about the Coachella experiences, as I think they do serve such a good purpose because it's like that one, you know, for a few days or for a week or whatever it is of the year, you're going to go and like, when you're there, you're so immersed in the experience of the festival and your priorities are just literally like have fun, smile, Mm -hmm. talk to people, like look at beautiful things, look at art, experience music, dance, like you and you can it's like fun because you get a temporarily live in that bubble and like you don't really fight there's an outside world like this is the world the center uh-huh. like the, the ends of the universe are right here on the ends of these grounds and like when we're in here it's safe and it's protected and it's special and it's sacred um and i think that that's like and i think that like being able to do that you know once or twice a year i think allows us to get through the mundane groundhog's day of life and work and whatever so it's like i think that like Everyone deserves like that outlet and I wonder like too like what has that done for people you know um, for people's mental health like just working every single day nothing to look forward to no no escape so I think it'll be really kind of cool to see like and I think we were texting about this last week or whatever but you're like you I was like I miss Coachella and you're like I'm excited to see what Coachella what like the rebirth is like what our Mm. festival to be in the future like how are they gonna ha- or how are they gonna have evolved and like it's gonna be something because it will be different. It's gonna feel different. So I'm excited to see like what that all you know becomes and, and what we get to experience the next time we get to do it.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, because we were just, I mean, festivals were just leveling up more and more each year. Like you look at Pasquale Rotella who um, runs Insomniac, so EDC. I mean, the amount of money, time, um, artistry, like you know looking at the stages uh, the lights that go with everything the the visuals like they just kept leveling up and up you know and then Coachella had a few years back they had like the hologram mm-hmm. um so I mean there's th- I there's for that one. Oh, you were for the for the Tupac hologram
1: that was I, my first one yeah
0: yeah I think that I don't think I went until the year after but I remember yeah. just like I being blown away.
1: yeah hologram was 2012 I remember so I, yeah I know like the gross come. I think until 13 or 14 yeah
0: Yo, so we better get like tons of holograms. I'm trying to get like full band holograms at this point.
1: It's gonna be like just like totally immersive experience in every way.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I think um didn't Odessa do drones one year? I don't um I think they did a the big thing with drones one year too, which was cool. So like I could see them doing a bunch more stuff like not even like that was built from the ground, but like what are they gonna do with drones? What kind of visuals can they do? What kind of, like, you know, can you put, like, a uh, can you cast, like, a, you know, like, a hypothetical, like, a net or, like, a field of, like, drones that can, like, connect lights on the top oh. so you feel like you're in, like, a like uh, under something, like, there's pretty cool stuff. That
0: I Yo, think. I can't even imagine the feeling of that. I mean, because when you're at a concert, when you're at a, a festival, like, when something crazy like that happens, or imagine when a special guest comes out that you weren't planning on. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like, everybody next to you, you're just like, oh, oh my God. Do <laughs> you see, it's just, you lose your mind. And, and I think that, uh, I, I'm really hoping that when we hit the ground running and festivals come back, it's just next, next, it's just like, there's drones, there's holograms, there's special guests. It's just all those things to make everybody there, like really feel present. And, and like you were saying this, it's very important. I think a lot of us, you know, we work all the time and we, it's like, what are we working for in a sense, you know, like just, just being alive if you're just saving money and you're just working, like there's times to just work, but to go experience um, like, like the payoff of what you worked for, you know, that's a huge part of, of human life. And so I think when we go back, it's going to be, it's going to be roaring twenties. It's going to be drones, everything.
1: Well, think about, think about all the artists, all the creators, all the DJs, all the musicians, like they're going to be craving so much to be in front of people, like to experience mm-hmm. that again, like, you know, like, so that's going to be cool too. Like I can, I can imagine that, um, everyone is going to be looking for like the greatest ways to connect with people again and create those like awesome experiences. So I think there's a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure. Um, the next, hopefully in the next few years, Josh, you and I will be, uh, cheersing with a beer somewhere at a festival at some point, somehow
1: kind of content.
0: <laughs> At the Heineken tent, where you're just like chugging 25 Heineken lights so you can get your buzz, your 14 beers. It happens. That's all. That's all part of it, though. Like I feel like when you go into a festival or a, like even a sporting event, you're like, yeah, man, the beer is 12 bucks. That's just part of the thing. I'm gonna enjoy it every sip you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're getting a little up here in time and I know you had, um, I think another meeting, so I did want to, there's a question I've been asking guests lately. Um, and so just see if anything pops in your mind for this. Um, uh, what would you say the world could use more of right now? Like what does the world need right now?
1: Yeah. I don't know how to sum it up in a few words, but I will try. I think don't,
0: you don't need to summarize it. You can go on forever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter.
1: I think, you know, I think the world needs more like openness to understanding. Like I think that, you know, I think right now, everyone is so divisive on, on both sides, you know, like I think it's challenging to have a conversation right now. I think, and I, you know, there's so many things to contribute to it, but like, I think we, like, everyone needs to look inward and just say, who am I? Like, what do I want to be? Yes, I might feel really strongly or really passionate about something. um, But do I want to, you know, like, what, how do I want to be able to communicate around what that is or what I feel without creating, like, more of a divide and creating more hate and more frustration? Because I just, like, right now, everyone is on opposite sides. Like we talked about the vaccine. I mean, there's people like, I, you know, that I'm friends with or follow on social media that like are very anti-vaccine and think it's, you know, horrible. But it's like, it, you can see that it's like eating them alive and they feel like every day they have to like fight to prove this and that it's so horrible and that it's so bad in But I'm like, I don't think that they're realizing like that they're letting some of these issues eat them alive. And I don't think that we should go and like, you know put our heads in the sand about politics or about, you know the world or anything that's going on, but I do think there has to be like the healthy balance of, you know, I wanna share my opinion, I might post an article and say, hey, this is interesting, take a look at it. Versus, you know, like there's different ways to frame things or that you're probably gonna be, get people to be more open to what you have to say or your viewpoint. But I think right now, I think I think right now, we need to listen more and actually listen, not be listening to, re, to rebuttal or re, refute what the other person's saying, but truly listen and try to understand like where they're coming from. But at the same time, I think like, again, self reflect, the only thing in the world we can control is ourselves, right, for the most part. So it's like control we can control, look at ourselves and say like, am I, am I allowing something to take me over? Am I, am I letting, am I, you know, like you said, you said, you know, if I wake up and there's like a headline about Donald Trump, I don't wanna start my day with that. And I know what headspace that's gonna put me in, and it's probably gonna make me upset or angry or depressed or but, like negative. So then like, what, what are you going to go carry on to your day? You're going to carry all those things with you. So it's like, just like, don't let every, don't let anything consume you or take you over, like to a point where like it impacts your life in a negative way. Like, you know, have your beliefs and be strong, find ways to speak your voice, get involved, make a change, whether it's, you know, Black Lives Matter, whether it's volunteering, whatever it is, you know, but I think, you know, do it in a way that it, it produces more positivity than negativity, I guess.
0: Yeah, certainly. I'm totally with you on that, man. I think a lot of our identities kind of get wrapped up in, um, in things that are, they're not actually super important to us. You know, there, there there's underlying meanings of, of things that are, are important to us that, um, aren't worth just completely throwing off, off by the wayside, but we do get really consumed by these things. You know, me, for example, like I said, if, if I start my day with like the wrong kind of news stories, sometimes I'll get just obsessed with it and I'm just thinking about it all day. And then, Um, you know, like when, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail or or whatever they say, right? Like you're, you're almost like seeing everything through the lens of like just politics or seeing everything through the lens of like, oh, so you must be a, this supporter, you must be a, that supporter. So Mm
1: -hmm. yeah,
0: I I think that's a, I think that's a great one. I think the world definitely needs more of that, Josh,
1: more of your podcast,
0: more of my podcast. I'll try to do more episodes. I've got a four, four days in a row. I've got new guests. So so far, well, right now I'm doing good with it.
1: That's good. No, I'm so happy for you. And I know um, you're doing great things here. And I um, I feel really honored and grateful to, you know, and humbled just to be, you know, what person you've asked on to, you know, maybe I asked, maybe I invited myself on, but.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I asked you. I
1: No, I'm just joking. Um, kind of. But um, no, <laughs> I, I, I am humbled to be part of this. I think, you know, you are a really special person and I know you're such a positive light in um, all of our lives and everyone that knows you and that you, that you touch, you know, you make such a positive impact. And, um, I love to see you wanting to grow that, that network and grow the positivity and, you know, just connect with people. And, you know, you're, you're such an amazing person. So I'm really proud of you.
0: Wow. Thank you, Josh, so much. I really appreciate that. You know, actually at, at our, um, uh, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, I, I felt, I mean, I was like almost in tears of, of gratitude because I feel like you guys all, I don't know if you planned it or what, but you all, you all took time to like individually, like, tell me that, that I'm, I'm special or like, tell me, you know, like, Hey, I love you. Or I appreciate what you're doing. I feel like everybody found their moments throughout the day and throughout the night, to like corner me and just tell me like, I felt so full of love. And you guys always do that though. You guys are always like very, like, let's not ignore this real feeling that's on the surface. Let's communicate it to to these people. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and like I said, just by you all being your own authentic selves, um, it, you feel like it gives me permission to be my authentic self too. And that's why I've always been drawn to you guys. Um, since, since we all first met, um, I love, I really admire your guys's, um, friendships and your family friendships. It's like, like the, the fact that you allow other people on the outside, like even just friends to be in on this, like very family loving vibe. It's, it's incredible. And I'm, I'm grateful to know you and your family and friends as well, Josh.
1: Awesome. Thank you All right, so- buddy.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you again for coming on. Um, we'll go ahead and, and uh, end this listener. If you haven't drank any water today, what's your problem, man? You got to drink some water. And if you haven't stretched today, you're out of your mind. Get some stretches on, get some water, get physically moving, love yourself, stop consuming too much media content and check out uh, Josh Gebb on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good day, buddy. All right, talk to you soon, bye. Bye. Hey guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you could hit like, subscribe, follow, share, leave a comment, send to one of your friends, whatever you got. I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you next episode.